0: We better figure out an intro soon because we're, we're
1: going. We're going. We're going with this. this we're going with it. Here. Look, I don't have a lot of friends.
0: <laughs> Randolph. Who? That meth head. Who lives? Down the way.
1: let us go.
0: And here we are. <laughs> it's a party time. It or is. it's been a party time. Yeah. A Mario party time. Super Mario party time. It, it's been pretty super. I've enjoyed it.
1: It's a lot of fun. We've played a bunch together, but I've also played enough separately that I have a pretty good idea of other games and stuff. You're a uh, solo party goer, is what you're saying. Look, I don't have a lot of friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You just like to uh, be the party crasher.
1: Yeah, you know, I come in, I I, I take over the party, and I do things, and sometimes I win games. (laughs) Sometimes you lose. Sometimes I lose. Yeah, uh, Mario
0: Party's been a lot of fun. We played a good couple of games. We haven't had the full four-person experience yet. Just uh, three players in the classic Mario Party scenario board game. And then the new uh, raft Down the River survival mode. Yeah. Which uh, is actually a lot of fun.
1: And we did the partner party.
0: Yeah, the partner party, which is really interesting. Uh, I'd like to play that with four people. Mm-hmm. Um, partner party, instead of following a track on the board, it's a uh, Mario Party free walk around board. You roll your dice and you get to move that many squares. And it really is interesting when you're allowed to um, move freely around the board. It, it, it also sucks though trying to get <laughs> the fucking exact amount
1: to yeah. uh, roll to get to the star. Yeah, when you need uh, an even number or an odd number and you can't land on the exact thing that you want. like. You can you can stop early, but if you want to be on a specific item or something you can't just stop there you have to be that exact number which is a little frustrating at times
0: Scoozy. sorry burp that was a good smoothie I apologize <laughs> uh, but yeah that is annoying and it didn't help that you were also playing with the computer player so yeah. the computer player was doing weird shit that they shouldn't have been doing in some cases yeah I it,
1: mean yeah there was like some of those were like okay I don't know why you valued the partner over getting a star type of there's a couple of random things like that that happened yeah
0: another uh mechanic they put into at least into this mario that i know of or this mario party because i haven't played uh, probably the last six but they added allies so you can walk around and you could land on an allies square or circle whatever you'd want to call them and uh, you get an ally. You get their unique dice to roll, and you also get their dice to add to your roll. You get a one or a two added to your roll for having them. So it helps out later on. So you're never going zero squares with some of those special dice. You can possibly not move.
1: Yeah. So uh, you can land on the ally square, like you said. There's the ally phone where you can call. It, they call in someone. Phone a friend. Or the in the partner play, they literally just show up on the map, and you can grab them that way too
0: there's a couple of nuances and uh new changes to the game and i think it's a lot of fun anybody who's thinking about checking out i highly recommend it
1: yeah i found that the most of the mario party like the mini games and stuff were all really fun i i really haven't found one that i'm like dread this one yeah no there's not any
0: that are too horrible like uh some of them surprise the shit out of you like the tricycle one where you gotta fucking take the uh I almost said Wiimote, but the uh, the Joy-Con in your hand and like act like you're biking it with your hand or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're pedal. You pedal, Yeah, and uh, it, you're like, oh shit, do I really got to do that right now? Then everybody gets up and starts doing that. <laughs> yeah and it, it's enjoyable it's pretty enjoyable
1: the the raft thing was really cool
0: yeah having uh all co-op uh mini games all the way to the end it's like a time trial you go down the river and you have to collect balloons the balloons let you play mini games which add to your time so you can make it all the way down the river mm-hmm. and all those mini games are co-op mini games and uh you got to work together uh some of them are kind of easy other ones are like shit yeah we really got to work together yeah
1: Sometimes you're yelling at the computer players because they are stupid. Yes, they usually are. <laughs> Just go to a straight line and get all the the candles on your side. Don't come across all the way to my side to get one random candle. Yeah, and make someone have to go all the way to your side too. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Play we played two of those um rivals, Yep. And um the running into like well, we did the first time we end up getting the kraken because yeah there was a boss yeah that was an interesting thing we we actually managed to cross the line like at zero at, seconds yeah and it counted we won yeah we won it didn't it didn't boot us so it it you know registered the win and it definitely was at zero so I, don't, I guess maybe we we beat it with like a hundredth of a second left possibly <laughs> I always thought when say hit zero you were done yeah that's what I thought too yeah I thought that was really fun there's uh, I I in my own game i have uh i've bought a bunch of the the advice things because i had all those points and i was like i might as well fucking use them so i bought those um apparently one of the lanes has um what was his name Kamek, Kamek, the the, the, oh, sorcerer the guy on, yeah, the broom. on the broom he's actually one of the bosses hmm. in one of the paths i don't know what other ones it only it only tells you oh it tells you about a uh, like a giant cheap cheap you know, oh cheap cheap those uh the fish
0: the little fishy man yeah yeah so there, there's a lot of random things that in that game it's weird though that you can spend your points to buy advice i don't want advice
1: but it's, and it's not like the greatest i mean there's like some basic advice type stuff it's nothing that great that yeah. i noticed i was gonna hold on to it till because there's a bunch of other categories that it unlocks but i was like i don't know when those are gonna get unlocked and by the time they do i might have a hundred thousand fucking bucks again or whatever the fuck they're called
0: yeah so some of the extras in the game are kind of weird but the game overall is great yeah other than that uh we also tried a new game over the weekend too a game that i i knew they were planning on it but our buddies over at split the party also tried urban shadows yes they uh put out a podcast about it so i'm curious to listen to them and listen to their thoughts but they probably had a full group we only tried it out with two people you and uh our buddy evan But uh, it's a political urban drama, and it's a RPG, a tabletop RPG, where uh, there are four factions. There's night, there's power, there's mortality and there's wild Wild. and uh there's different subcategories of them like which are your classes which are a werewolf a vampire in night power has a wizard and an oracle mortality has hunters so like buffy or people like that Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's set inside of a city and you play to find out what happens pretty much how the first session is meant to go is you go around the table and ask the characters questions about themselves why they're in the city Uh, There's a few intro questions on their character sheets and then it's the MC or GM's responsibility to uh, make them elaborate upon those backstory questions that they gave and really create a setting in the city and find out a plot for the first first session. Like it's not a first session deal where you're supposed to go in and plan a adventure for these characters to go through. You're more or less the first session supposed to investigate who these people are, why they're in the city and what they're trying to accomplish in their lives. And then build upon that. Yes. So as a player, how do you think that went?
1: I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I felt like my character had his his own driving forces and reasons for things. And he came, to, he was very conflicted on stuff. Like he just, he has a job. He has to do it. Doesn't like it. And then he has like a soft spot for other people who end up in predicaments like him.
0: Yeah. So um, what was your character? What'd you pick? And what was that job that he had to do? Uh,
1: so my character was uh, tainted, which um, in layman's terms is like a ghost rider. Uh, he made a deal with uh, with asshole. That's what I named the the guy that Your that I patron. made my patron. That I made a deal with. Patron uh, demon. I don't know his actual name. I just call him asshole. Uh, he's a yellowy mist, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he may become something else later on, but to me, he's a yellowy mist. I made so I made a deal with him uh, to to stop a terrorist attack at the World Series in. Uh, since we were playing in Cleveland, I just I was going with stuff that was happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> so yeah it was supposed to be that um i ended up stopping the the terrorist attack only to find out that asshole was the one who set it up and he set it up so i would become his tainted um and then i i was used for collecting souls and uh, sold debt or collecting yeah like soul debts and um demonic Enforcement. yeah demonic contracts was the other thing you know, being an enforcer for, for stuff like that yeah and you
0: did really well with setting up uh, asshole quote unquote the uh, demon patron and you don't know what he looks like he just manifested to you in the form of a yellow like sulfury smoke mm-hmm. and uh, that was really good that's really good for me as a uh, MC to be able to use that later on down the line of okay you don't know who this really is you don't know what it really looks like I got a lot of things I can uh, throw out there now yeah. due to that yeah so we, we just played a quick session like uh you were
1: so i was chasing down a kid who yeah. i was i was his father had made a deal with asshole yeah. and he needed to uh com- complete his end of the bargain um but he wasn't doing it so i had to catch it i, I was gonna use his son as you know leverage leverage it chased him down uh, then i lost him uh then we went on a journey to find him in the meantime of that journey i slammed a ferry up against a like a car or a wall or something that we were over by a werewolf jumped down on top of uh the the cadillac that evan's character had yeah ripped off the roof i cut his hand off yes you did <laughs> so that he'll be distinctive the next time he shows up
0: yes yes he will be
1: i made a deal with with molly
0: (laughs) yes a uh vampire um who uh preys on young men who go down into the flats and uh brings them back to her
1: apartment to bleed yes i was trying to create a distraction and stuff i offered her some blood uh in return for some favors um (laughs) nondescript on what those favors were but it was she she was kind of like prostitute-esque in a way. So, then we got the kid from her place and we tied him up and uh yeah, used him as leverage. Yeah, I went back to Evan's character, the veteran's warehouse. uh yeah, and we tied him up, we used him as leverage. His dad was supposed to kill some fairies or kill a fairy, specific fairy Felix. And then we uh we proceeded to get some information and some items. Hit the streets. hit the streets. We got a uh, a tweaker wizard named randolph yep randolph who that method who lives down the way who lives under a bridge down by the river in a van under carnegie bridge um it's a it's a van with a unicorn and a wizard riding the unicorn while it's sneezing out uh uh uh, rainbows i believe is what we said yes (laughs) i was dying i mean you gotta have that tweaker you do and then evan's character made a uh oh, a,
0: a fairy collar. controlling collar yeah. and he kept pulling out these really strong items he wanted to make or do but i was i was like well you gotta you gotta give something really good up for that then yeah and i'm like if you want to be able to put a collar on one fairy npc and have them do what you're asking them to do you got to give up some of your
1: happiness mm-hmm. and something that makes you you
0: he ended up giving up alcohol. His alcohol will what? never sue them.
1: Well, that, that it started off as uh, he was gonna just give his alcohol, like literally give his alcohol to the kid that we had tied up, who wasn't <laughs> able to drink it because he was tied up. So it was like, no, that's not gonna work. And you guys started like talking about something else. Like, well, hang on, you could use alcohol, but you have to put the twist on it of it. You're drinking because you've been through some shit. You've lost an arm and a leg and you're probably using it to uh, soothe yourself, soothe soothe those wounds and and whatnot. So you can drink alcohol now, but it'll like turn to ash in your mouth. It'll never soothe you. It could be like just drinking water, except it's going to dehydrate you because it's alcohol. Um,
0: (laughs) So you're never going to get out of it what you're looking for ever again. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, yeah yeah that works that's that's like, giving up part of what makes you you, what makes you happy, even if it's not a good thing necessarily you're right. but you're never gonna find that solace in that drink anymore
1: right and I also figure that all that offers a a large bit of uh character development down the road mm-hmm. if uh if he chooses to use that, yeah so i I like that i like
0: where you were thinking with uh this like because i told you it is like dungeon world in a way with how it plays but it's much more you bring a lot more feeling and a lot more depth into your character and make those moral choices very blatant and obvious and uh decide who and what your character would do in those situations like well maybe not who except for molly (laughs) but uh (laughs) yeah Um, But how do you think the mechanics played out? Uh, I know I have to twist around a couple of things to maybe make you guys interact with factions more often, uh, other factions, because the way you advance in this game is you either advance through corruption, you go deeper into your own evilness and eventually if you advance and level up so far in corruption the MC is allowed to take over your character and use them as a uh, plot point that they want to use and as an NPC but you can also advance and level up normally like non harmfully to your character and you do that by interacting with each of the four factions so every time you interact with them and do a faction move or you cash in a debt or a debt was cashed in with you with another faction then you get to mark that after you mark all four factions then you get to level up so it's easy to advance but as long as you're put in the right situations
1: right like after that session i I got like towards the end of it i got a better understanding of how some of that stuff was working and i was able to use some of the the stuff that my character had in order to kind of make those things happen like the meeting some of the factions Mm -hmm. so i have i have a better understanding of how to progress my character yeah um
0: yeah, because at the end you were like, yeah, I'm going to hit the street with the wild. Because uh, a lot of the beginning of the faction was with the knight mm-hmm. uh, faction, or the beginning of the session was with the night faction, with dealing with vampires and werewolves. And then later on, outside of uh, Molly's apartment building, you guys were searching the back alley, and I'm like, oh, I haven't introduced you to power yet, shit. Um, I'm going to throw in this uh, old granny who's drinking in the alleyway, and she's actually an oracle. She's just a uh, hobo oracle who... Uh, gives out uh advice for booze yeah and so i i like tried to throw that in there and then you were like oh yeah well actually i can interact with this person that i know from my past and i'm like yes exactly that's what you need to be doing
1: yes so having that understanding i i you know after getting that the better understanding of the mechanic it was also like the the corruption thing mm-hmm. at first we, we were me and i both thought like okay if we go through the we get five corruption then we lose our characters so it was like so i was, I was being more cautious when I didn't have to be as cautious as I was being. So once I once we had once you've explained that again to us a little bit better, we were like, Oh, okay. So there's like six levels or something. You go through yeah. five, six times and then that's when you lose your character. Yeah. So and it really requires thirty, 30 marks yeah. to actually get there. So once once we once we figured that out, um, I was like oh okay so i don't mind using my corruption then at that point having the better understanding of the mechanics um, as we were working through that first session uh, it makes me excited to play a second session because it gives me more options of things i can do more ways to kind of twist things like i had a really cool idea but then i I was like oh i don't want to use the corruption so i didn't end up doing that but the idea was uh we were in the the greek gardens and we were this is when we were fighting the fighting felix and I, my my in my demon form, I can create. Um, my hands turn on fire, and my I grow horns that are on fire as well. And I was going to use those to also create a fire within the garden, but to also call out Evan's fire friend, uh, Bale. Bale, yeah, that's what it was. I was like, I knew it was something, <laughs> Bale. And I was going to call him forward. And you're like, oh well, that that'll cost you a corruption. And I I thought that's when I thought I could. It was was going to work against me more than what it actually does. And I was like, okay, fine, I won't do that. But it was a cool idea and it was something I'll probably use in the future. Mm Mm-hmm
0: yeah there there's a lot of ways that you can twist things it's a very narrative game i'm very very heavy into the narrative i like it a lot personally it, it was a lot of fun to run um uh, what i think we'll need to get more into is the debts mechanics because mm-hmm. uh every character is indebted to someone else in some way shape or form and whenever someone does a favor for them or vice versa then a debt should be called out on the other end and then you should be able to call someone out on their debt to help you mm-hmm. and then it actually gives you pluses too if someone's helping you and can in a debt with you like i think that session and especially with two people it was we're gonna run with this and we're gonna help each other yeah. not hey convince this dude to help me because hey you i hey, are indebted to me for saving your life one time i was doing real good with the misleads though yeah
1: yeah you were misleading a lot <laughs> i was like mislead distract i'm gonna do these things yes don't know how well it's gonna work <laughs> we're gonna try
0: yeah so i think the debts will be a little bit more fleshed out having a fuller group at least three pcs and seeing how the debts go back and forth, crisscross, and uh, what you guys actually pull out of that, because there are perks to using your debts, and I think I'll explain that a little bit more now that you you guys have a better understanding of the basic mechanics.
1: Okay, yeah, understanding those mechanics, understanding like what I can actually do. Like we were about halfway through, I think the session when when a lot of that stuff started clicking for mm-hmm. me. So that's when it it was more engaging. I was like, okay, I'm gonna figure these things out. I'm gonna do certain things, and yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see where it'll go and uh, what will come of it. Yeah. Because I definitely want to play a few more sessions, uh, get a bigger group together, and see how it goes. I I think it would be a
1: lot of fun. I can see that, yeah.
0: Uh, So what else has been going on in our lives? Well, not much for me. That was about it.
1: That was about it. Uh, I played a little bit more Mega Man. So I actually got the game and I played it. I really like it. You know, there's like kind of like a lot of the old school stuff in it that is, you know, as frustrating now as it was back in the day. I beat one of the Robot Masters, which was Block Man, and I went to go fight Acid Man. And his stage is just covered in fucking spikes. And it's just spikes are instant, instant kills. Yeah and just take you right out yeah so there's just there's these areas that that you get to and you're like oh joy spikes and then oh joy we're in water that's pushing me towards the spikes oh now i got a platform while i'm dealing with that and shooting at the things that are coming at me oh, the no. enemies. and so there's there's frustrating things like that but you're kind of th- those are things from from when the game was originally around so it's it's it is very much nostalgia driven i think in in that term in the terms of like how the game works Mm -hmm. on the bright side though they do have a difficulty setting uh, where it used to be like normal and hard they actually have normal hard then they also have a casual which is easier than normal and then above that they have a newcomer which is even easier i'm playing it on casual because i have played them before and it felt like the right better fit yeah better fit for me i don't know how how newcomer really changes things but i mean playing it on casual it seems forgiving in terms of like i'm not getting hit five times and feel like oh shit if i get hit again i'm gonna, I'm gonna die um I, there there are plenty there have been plenty of health drops that like even when i do get hit a few times by the time i I get to another section where I, I take a, a, a number number of hits again. I've already filled my my health gauge back up, so I'm not mm-hmm. feeling it. Um, and then the cool the cool thing they added was this uh, double gear thing, um, which one side of it will increase your power output, so your blaster does more damage, or your weapons will do more. All your weapons can do more damage. The other side of it is a speed increase, so it like slows down everything, and you move a little bit slower. I would say. But it slows everything else down, makes platforming, should make platforming a little bit easier because you can be a little more precise with that. Okay, that makes sense. So there's, I think it's a fun game. I think um, if anybody was like interested in trying trying a Mega Man game, this is definitely one to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think it's, you know, going to revive the the franchise? No, of course not. It's uh, just another it's, one. It's, it's a... It's, Platformers are are a hard thing to bring back around. Like even even think like Mario, like a two D Mario game. Like uh, if you get, when you get the the new the new Super Mario uh, U Deluxe or whatever the fuck is ends up being called that one that's coming out on the Switch. Yeah, it's not that's, breaking the mold. It's, right. It's it's a it's a two D. That's a I mean like the graphics are good and just like with Mega Man the graphics are good, but it's a two D platformer um it offers some it at some point will offer some challenge you know in Man. the spikes are all over the place so it's not like a progression thing like mario as it progresses it's going to get harder and harder um but they're not they're not really like making big changes yeah you go for those games from
0: you go to those games for nostalgia you don't go to them because man this is going to redefine this right
1: series do i do i hope that this game like reinvigorates the mega man franchise i really hope it does i hope it gives capcom a reason to you know make new mega man x games make mega man legends or they had a mega man universe game that they were building things like that that are that could potentially add different nuances to mega man and create a better narrative and a better game style would be awesome Uh, and i think you can definitely do that i think you can totally reinvent mega man into a third person shooter and create a different style game while still feeling like Mega Man,
0: that'd be interesting. I mean, it'd be something to check out for sure if they I mean, uh, completely I mean, changed it up like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about it. you. Could, you could do if you did Mega Man because Mega Man has had like three D games. Like, I remember
0: uh, the N sixty four was three D.
1: Yeah, and so he's had them before. It's not like he hasn't done it. You could totally take like, like think of Mario Odyssey, you know, or and Mario Mario sixty four. Both are very similar but different. Um, they have that three D landscape. They completely changed that platforming aspect when they when they did that. So you could do that with Mega Man. It wouldn't be unheard of.
0: Yeah, it'd be something I think they should probably try um, if they ever wanted to do something more drastic with the series.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's that's kind of that's my thoughts of it. I think if you're if you're interested in, in a Mega Man game, I think it's totally worth picking up. Um, it is it is it is definitely definitely has me not hating every minute of playing it because I've I've gotten to that point with some of the Mega Man games where like I progress far enough and then I just reach a point where like I'm just hating this game because I can't
0: beat something. It's just hard as shit.
1: Yeah. So I think with the, the difficulty curves, uh, you know, doing casual or newcomer if you don't want that hard the, as hard of spikes, I think that's the route to go. And I, I think it's I think it's accessible. And I think that's what Mega Man eleven needs to be when you're looking at a game coming back from the Brink of Extinction.
0: <laughs> the Brink of Extinction.
1: Uh, say, Other than that, I, I got my, my comics that I talked about last week and I, I started reading them. I finished the X-Men Gold one that I got. So now I'm reading X-Men Blue. And then it's the Venom and then it's Poison X and then I'll finally get to read Venomized. The uh, finale. So I'm working on that. Uh, I think that's really it for me. Yeah, that's all I can really think of. And that is life. I'm yeah, a geek. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so speaking of things that are coming back from the brink of extinction, apparently Toys R Us is pulling out of their bankruptcy auction and looking to create quote new domestic retail operating businesses while maintaining its licenses of certain products worldwide uh, and as in Toys R Us went bankrupt they closed and sold off all their stores and now they're the people who are in charge are looking to make a comeback with it
0: I guess which yeah. is kind of cool I mean might as well try I guess when you got a business but right. I uh, guess
1: I mean I guess when Toys R Us closed from this article it says they left about a 11 billion dollar hole in the toy industry so I mean that's a pretty good size hole to fill oh yeah and uh, domestic uh,
0: retail operating businesses. Um, it sounds like they're going to be like a kohl's
1: <laughs> right? I was like, could it could be kohl's or is it going to be like uh, Target? Well, like I was thinking, like K and B stores, that's like in malls. Like you get, they have like one little shop in a mall. It's but it's so it's confined and it has like all kinds of shit in it. i'm Probably why well, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> oh yeah. There was the, there were other toy stores back in the day, but they were oh, okay. they were they had like some weird some of the more obscure toys at, at times, um, but they were only in, ever in the malls, and they only had like maybe the size of some of the the bigger Game Stops in malls. You know they, they okay. weren't huge; they were a decent size, so they they could fill it up with all the different toys and stuff. And nothing was ever like organized in that store. Whenever I remember going there, so you'd like shuffle through the toys and like oh I found the ninja turtle I wanted or hey look look at this power ranger <laughs> that's like going to Warzone
0: Matrix out here in Cleveland <laughs> it's a game shop and everything's dusty but man can you find some good shit under some of that stuff
1: yeah I, I I'll be interested to see how they uh they end up actually defining that domestic retail operating business and where where we might find toys arrest in the future I used to go to them like mean, sometimes it was just nice to go to them to see what they had I think the last time I purchased something from a Toys R Us was when I got my Perceptor, which to, is a Transformer. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I used to go into uh, Toys R Us, uh, like it, me and my buddies were waiting around for Black Friday or something, and we got our sheet, and like, yeah, when this store opens over at Micro Center, you can uh, come in at this time and you'll be number one in line or number two. So after yeah. we got those sheets, we'd go and walk around to other stores that open and it was like, oh, wonder what all these people are buying at the kids' store. Yeah. And all that type of stuff. <laughs> See the crazy parents just trying to go after all these toys, and it's like, man. Yeah, and people insane.
1: It was it was always cool to go into like look at certain things that had a bigger like unless you're going to a, Le- a Lego Land type place which isn't I don't think there's one around Cleveland. I think the nearest one might be in PA um, I can't, somewhere. Yeah. Um so if you uh, if there's no Lego Land or Lego World or whatever around you, uh the the Toys R Us had the biggest selection of Legos and stuff to go to, although everything at Toys R Us is marked up yeah. even higher than like going to Target or something. So it was a catch twenty two, but it had a chance of finding things. And there was, you know, plenty of times I'd go there, I'd look at stuff and find like some random toy that I was like, "Oh shit, that's cool!" Yeah, you never know what you can find sometimes when you just look. Like I said, I found a Perceptor, which is a uh, he was he's a transformer. His main thing was he was a microscope in his uh, disguise form. I guess you could call it. <laughs> he was a giant microscope, and then otherwise he was a robot. I think he had a—you could—the toy has like a third form where you can make him into a tank. But could you that! Look I want a, Yes, you could. I want. I wanted the microscope.
0: <laughs> you wanted to look through a robot. Yeah. Why not?
1: Why exactly? Why not? Which is also the question I'm asking myself when I saw that they're making a Mega Man movie. Yeah, that's gonna be weird. So uh, we have a live action sonic movie coming i think i saw something about a live action super mario movie coming like nintendo was talking talking about making something super mario related movie i hope it's half as bad as the old one <laughs> dude i love the old one <laughs> i i love it too that's why i hope it's still half as bad um and then I saw this, and I was like, they're making a Mega Man movie, and I don't know how I feel about it. Although, oddly enough, it's being made by 20th Century Fox, which is being bought by Disney. So that means Mega Man's going to be... Movie character. rights will be owned by Disney? I guess so. Disney owns everything. Which, I mean, gives me a little bit of hope. They own your soul. They do. Uh, they've been slowly buying up pieces of that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think... I think if this if this is right, and if twentieth uh, century fox you know once that, that happens and Disney owns them because there's no release date on this movie, it was just announced. I would hope that Disney would still w- would make it, but make it in a good way, and, <laughs> and it won't be garbage. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't have anything other than that. I, there wasn't anything else really announced about it.
0: Yeah, I don't know too much about the lore and whatnot, so I don't know what ways they could take the movie, but Dude, I'm sure
1: it could be classic. Like. It's so open-ended. I mean, the, the games are literally... Uh, Dr. Wily corrupts eight robots. They become the robot masters. They're all themed into different doing different things they, because the the world is like essentially every job is done by a robot you have you know construction mm-hmm. robots and then police robots and you have robots to build robots yeah exactly so you have all these different robots and, and basically dr Wily does one thing or another to corrupt eight of them so you have the robot masters and then mega man goes and he fights them he once he defeats them he can gain their power and then he can use it on the next one and so on and so forth and eventually he has to make his way to dr wiley's castle and he makes his way through all the stages there and he gets to dr wiley be shut out of dr wiley but he would dr wiley will always end up getting away because there's going to be another game yeah um and and though the, the big twist in some of those games is the the initial uh villain isn't dr wiley although it's gonna be dr wiley like at the end of the game it will always be dr wiley that's what they do <laughs> They don't mix up the formula. Yeah, it's just like you and I were talking. It's just like Twilight Princess. You got Zant is your big villain all the way through. He's doing all this shit, and then eventually Ganon shows up. Yep. So that's how it goes. It's open-ended enough that I feel like as long as they hit certain beats, it'll feel like Mega Man, it'll look like Mega Man, um, and they could create whatever story they actually wanted. I don't really have a a segue to this, but this is the second one of these. Uh, I didn't talk about the other one last week because I... I was just like, man, whatever. So last week, Google released a beta of their Project Stream. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. So people can
0: play Assassin's Creed Odyssey in a Google Chrome tab.
1: Yep. And so you're, you're streaming the game. There's, um, I forget what, there, there's, a, there's an internet requirement of like how much data you have to actually have coming in. Otherwise, you can't mm-hmm. stream the game. Microsoft basically uh, released an announcement of they're doing the same thing. They had purchased and they've been kind of setting up this. Project Cloud thing and... and X Cloud. Oh yeah, Project X Cloud. My bad. You um, forgot the most important I letter. Did. I did. That's what ties it to being an Xbox thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they've been they've, this has been something they've been teasing. There was a idea that this would essentially be what their next uh, full-fledged home system would be. It would be like a streaming device where you wouldn't need to buy any games because you could just stream them from the cloud. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's cool things about it. You could essentially pay less... For the game, depending on on how it is, could you just be renting it to stream it? You don't have to have the console, counsel, the Yeah, I mean, with a lot of these streaming things, you know, if your phone is, if you're in a place where your phone's getting a good enough internet signal, you could stream it to your phone. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool, especially considering how gigantic some of the phones are.
0: Yeah, like for someone like me, I don't want to go out and buy an Xbox, but are there some games on an Xbox that would be fun to play? Yeah. So if I could play them on my PC without owning an Xbox and be able to stream them, I'd sign up for that service for at least one month, play that game, and sign off again.
1: Yeah, it's a cool thing. Like I said, uh, Google was definitely the first one to, to drop it, and they had it's released in beta form. So if you want to try it out, and I've heard that it's, for the most part, is pretty good at least as far as the beta was concerned. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's a
0: promising thing. Yeah, hopefully these turn out better than the NVIDIA shields. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Valve, you tried. You tried. Um, or NVIDIA, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Valve tried as well. Yeah, there's um, an ad on the side for this Steam, and I'm like, yeah. Valve. Yeah they, were, yeah, they had their Steam machines, which were a uh, mixed bag, I think. Yeah. From what I understood. And then there was a bunch of, there's some Square Enix stuff that it was announced. There is a rumor of kingdom hearts 3 coming to the switch which would be cool that would be really cool um i'm still i'll have it on the xbox so i'll have no reason to get it for the switch but that is a cool thing that they would be that they were thinking about bringing it to the switch that they see the switch as being profitable enough to port those types of games over which gives you hope for later on being that the game comes out in january at least that's what it's slated as right now is like, i think january 1st it's definitely not coming out to the switch right away and it, it, they'll probably right now they're uh porting over dragon age not Dragon Age, Dragon Quest. That's the one. They're reporting over the new Dragon Quest game to uh, to the Switch, and that one, the game's been out on PlayStation, so the fact that it's coming to the Switch is cool, but it's going to be a while before it comes to the Switch. They announced it, and that was about the most I think we got so far. The fact that they're announcing the Kingdom Hearts stuff means that it's a possibility. Again, if they see it as as being a profitable thing and and that does well then maybe we'll start seeing other ones, which just kind of also alludes to the fact that maybe that will mean that Final Fantasy sevens remake will come to the switch, which if that's the case, as long as it's not like so far after there's a good chance I'd pick it up for the switch. <laughs> Actually, let's not lie. Chances are I'll buy it for the Xbox one X and then I will still buy it for the switch. Of course, <laughs> as long as it is as good or, or somewhere near as good as the original one. And as much as I played the original one, I would probably buy it multiple times because you need to have it on the go. I, I do it's yeah that'll probably be what happens with that oh yeah this was something I totally forgot about until recently and then they put out this article Trenix had announced a while ago that they were working on a, a an Avengers game which everyone was like oh my god that's so cool they're working on an Avengers game what will it be what will it be we know nothing about this fucking game other than they're making an Avengers game and now I think it's looking at being a next-gen console game uh, <laughs> so of course we still know nothing and it's being pushed back <laughs> that's how it goes yeah it does like the last Guardian. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the last thing for the, the Square Enix news on here is if you're still looking for a physical copy of Octopath Traveler, it looks like you can find them on Amazon, Argos, AO, and 365 Games. Some regions might actually have those. Some of them don't. Obviously, if you can get if you have internet, you can get to Amazon. So if you want a physical copy of, of Octopath Traveler, which I definitely recommend it, I think it's a fun game, by all means, get yourself a physical copy. But I got it digitally, so
0: yeah it's interesting i guess they're selling out everywhere
1: oh that that game when it came out it sold out like all the physical copies immediately sold out they were hard to get for a long time they completely underestimated the physical copy sales of that game i'm glad
0: i was able to walk into the store and just buy mine
1: yeah i i had downloaded it digitally i didn't see any reason to I was, if i'm gonna play the game it i might as well just have it on the system because i could just switch to it then i don't yeah. have to switch out cartridges or keep it around a, on a cartridge understandable um which i might find that to be the way i end up doing most of my rpgs on the switch uh, when they come to that and then speaking of the switch uh, there's a report out past week of a potential new switch model coming in 2019 which at this point could be like a better display because i guess right now the display uses a liquid crystal so they might go to oleds more like you know you see in smartphones and making the make the system more energy efficient giving a brighter more colorful screen maybe make it 1080p yeah uh who knows maybe they'll even add bluetooth and you can use your bluetooth headphones with it that'd be a great thing
0: <laughs> yeah there's a lot of things they could potentially do with the redesign it sucks as a switch owner sometimes thinking about it like man they're already redesigning the system they did it with the
1: ds i mean they've, they've every everyone's one's done it you have the playstation you have the playstation pro you have the xbox one you have the xbox one slim now you have the xbox one X. but in a way those might be different
0: because those aren't consoles you're taking on the go with you so no but like they... where as me if i bought the original xbox i'm not gonna get xbox pro ever Unless mine breaks. Whereas with the switch, if they redesign it, it has a longer battery uh, longer battery life on the go, looks better on the go, or actually has some features that I value, like being able to connect a headset for an in-game chat or something like that, then it'd be like, well, it kind of is almost worth getting in the system over again.
1: Yeah, well, so it's, it's different for you. But overall, it's not different because it's an incremental increase. It's not a new platform in which you wouldn't be able to use old games. So, like no yeah for, no, like for me like i bought an xbox one and now i have an xbox one x uh the difference being that the xbox one didn't even do 1080 the xbox one x does 4k so there was a big i, I wasn't doing the incremental jump to the slim because that didn't seem worth it but mm-hmm. then when the One x came out it was definitely worth it to me so i made the jump but they're all incremental stuff they're all the same platform it's just graphically they're better same thing like playstation and playstation pro the difference is a 4k view well almost 4k view because they don't have a true 4k
0: it i think it's less following those console guidelines and more or less the ds guidelines of oh we're redesigning this again and adding different physical features and things like that making the screen bigger and things like that so this will be actual physical like meaningful difference to the system versus oh the games are clearer because they are ran in 4k versus 1080p and things like that
1: but i'm just they're they're they are- they're still hardware differences. They're not. They're not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. But that's what I'm saying. Are. But that. But that's what I'm saying. They're hardware differences, so they're incremental. They're not. Again, they're not so drastic that it is a new platform. Yeah. I, yeah. That, no. That, i never that, said that. that. Yeah. No. I know. But that's what okay. I'm getting. You're, you're telling me that they're that are different, but then my argument is that it's still under the same umbrella because they are hardware differences uh, that keep within the same platform. A 1080 screen is a graphical increase, and, and so. But they, this does all. Yeah. You know, and I. That's why I mentioned like the Bluetooth stuff because this redesign or whatever it is, uh, a new, the new model of it gives them the option to add in, certain features that they probably should have had in the first place. Oh, yeah, No, all I'm saying is this makes me actually have
0: a reason to go out and buy it. Right. But yeah, so it it could be a cool system and one that I actually would be like, okay, I'm going to take the trade-in money. Mm -hmm. And this, I could foresee that, whereas with my PS4, it's like uh, that's already sitting in dust on my shelf. Why do I need a 4K version? That was my only point. Right. Yeah, lots of changes coming. Lots of new things. Lots of new things. 40K and Kill Team, they brought a lot of new things in this last uh, couple of weeks too the uh, Warhammer 40k big fact number two came out the second fact to really change 8th edition and there weren't a lot of game shaking changes there was only a handful unlike the first fact that uh came out and said people couldn't deep strike completely like how they used to and changed up all those uh rules this one more or less what it comes down to is there's little nuanced changes for everybody's faction and how like, they can't push mortal wounds off onto the drones. So they can just only push off wounds from melee weapons and shooting ranged weapons. But uh really the biggest change is flying units can only fly, quote unquote, in the movement phase. They can only fly in the uh, fight phase or charging phase. So they can't go over models when they move, when they're charging into another model. It kind of doesn't make sense, but game-wise and tactics-wise, it's going to add a whole new level to the game. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if something that can fly can't jump over units to get in the backfield and start attacking... it I mean, it can, because it can move the next turn, but it just can't do a turn one charge in there. It's really going to hinder a lot of melee-centric armies. But uh, anything that can fly won't be able to jump over like it did before. So, like, Eldar Space jet bikes and all that stuff... Mm-hmm. Uh, just won't be able to jump over that first line of defense into the second line and really fuck with people. So I think it's going to give shooty armies a uh, advantage a little bit, or at least make them a little bit more viable into turn number two. Yeah. Another big change that came out to 40k though was a stratagem that the player going second can use at the beginning of the game, and you spend two command points to allow all your units to get a cover bonus, so you get a plus one to their saving throw for the first turn. So. Anybody who has like a 3-up save will go to a 2-up save on uh, turn number 1, whether they're in cover or not in cover, which is kind of cool. It really adds to the viability of surviving that turn 1 assault by uh, a gun line or a just devastating uh, attack, because turn 1 really can hinge the game in some cases for 40k, as it is currently. But I haven't played any of the new rules yet. I have a couple armies built up to try them out, some that uh, deny me that flying uh, rule without being able to charge in with flying and some that uh, are going to be like gunline line armies, see if I can defend against uh, flyers still, if it's going to be even better or how it's going to go okay but kill team they also had a couple of updates over the past uh, couple of weeks they had a fact come out too and the kill team fact listed something that we always kept fucking up it no longer matters. the comm specialist no longer has to claim his special ability at the start of the shooting phase he can give a plus one to anybody shooting whenever he wants to in the yep. shooting phase yep which is great because i don't ever have to fucking remember to do that at the beginning of the shooting phase because that sucks sometimes oh yeah Especially with the alternating person who goes, because like if I don't have any readied models in my kill team, then I'm not going to like halfway through that round anyway. So I got to remember to hold off on that special ability to halfway through the round. Right. Some changes to the Tau uh, that came along where uh, the marker light drones no longer have a penalty for moving and shooting their marker lights. That's what they had before, and it made them only ever hit on like a six up, and it, they really sucked. Now they can move and shoot their market lights and makes them so much better and actually viable to take for the towel. And then they also got bonding knife improved. Uh, Another new change that's coming to Kill Team is uh, we're going to get some commanders. And what it looked like from the article you sent me today is that the commanders for Kill Team are actually going to be army commanders like the Primaris Marines are going to be able to get the uh, Primaris Commander, Primaris Chaplain, Primaris Lieutenant, which brings Psychic to the uh, Space Marine kill teams. They didn't have Psychic before except if you were Grey Knight. So I'm curious what other factions are going to get for their commanders like uh, Tyranids. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping they're going to get some Brood Lords and some Zoanthropes or Neuranthropes.
1: Neuranthropes okay. are, are the A- are HQ and Zoanthropes are somewhere else in that yeah, the original so. thing. So yeah, I, I imagine uh, Brood Lord would is the most viable one. Uh, Neuranthropes would be the closest second that I could come up with. Everything else gets a lot bigger and i don't think (laughs) would would work on uh kill team maps what you mean like a trigon prime or like a hive tyrant yeah as a trigon prime isn't even a a, an hq oh yeah he's just a prime yeah um there's one of those that that is in the hq but yeah yeah hive tyrants or brood lords i mean i think brood lord be the only other thing i could think of that would be close enough in range but even that is still he's a little big yeah a little little big big for for kill team yeah so but it'd be like three quarters of my team yeah (laughs)
0: like orcs i don't know what the orcs are gonna get because like The war boss, they're pretty fucking tough. Mm They're like, they're legitimately tough depending on what you equip them with. And like the weird boys maybe give some psychic to the orcs, but I don't know, like all their guys can get pretty tough too. So I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see.
1: You could. The, the only thing with that is if they brought them in, they could, uh, you know, nerf them a little bit for kill team. Yeah. And Change, like- changing some of those dynamics so that way in kill team you have specific uh, defenses to, or, or, so they're not extraordinarily tough, I guess. Yeah. And
0: like the. HQs at least for the Tau they they have a lot of battle suits so mm-hmm. I can't see the battle suits coming into Kill Team it'd probably just be the ethereal which gives like rerolls and stuff to the guys around him but Tau got a lot in the original rule book anyway so they probably don't need too much more right but it'll be interesting to see how they balance that out for every other faction going forward it'll be exciting to see uh new stuff coming out for Kill Team maybe in time for our campaign
1: it may be depending how far out this thing goes yes <laughs> you never know I mean, are you excited for when I mean, we're in October? So
0: yes, we are in October. I am. I'm pretty excited for October. There's not a lot of information dropping right now, though. Yeah, it's mostly of, been fluff.
1: Like I, I sent you the one thing that I had. I showed you what, what the email I got was, but uh, I haven't really seen much else. I don't know. Yeah, expected, I, was, I was expecting like almost like a weekly blast of orcs, orc
0: related content. Yeah, like go through this clan this day and this clan the next week and get some of the rules out there. Um, like one of the things they've been really showing us are the new orc buggies like these little dune buggy carts that they drive around with with uh weapons on them and they already previewed that like five months ago as a new game coming out mm-hmm. and you're able to use the models for 40k who would have thunk that right <laughs> of course you can uh so like they they just haven't released a lot for the orcs i'm really excited about the orc codex but i don't know uh i don't know what they're doing they're not getting me as hyped as i've wanted them to yeah but I can say I probably will buy the Speed Freaks game at some point because it, it, in the box when you buy it, I, I hopefully it's going to play like Gorka Marka, which was like a Mad Max style orc uh, build up your roadster. And uh, depending on what you put on your roadster, these were the stats you got and you tried to destroy the other cars on the field. So it was a fun looking game. Hopefully Speed Freaks will be like that. But if not, it probably will be worth it to buy it because you'll get three buggy models and they're all fast attack units. So that'll be an outrider detachment right there. Could be kind of fun to play with like these three buggies running up the field before your onslaught of orc army mm-hmm. or these three buggies run up the field before the uh, big stompa is going to smash his uh, way through the battlefield. I don't know. I can think of a lot of fun scenarios for it now, though. I'll have to see what the stats are for the vehicles though first, because I won't. I don't buy anything before I see the stats, especially when the models cost so much.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah fair enough. I, I'm. Ex- I'm kind of expecting the orc codec probably drop sometime later this month, at the probably towards the end of the month. I was thinking the same thing with with the commanders, because it sound from what it looks like. Uh, this week they like I, I sent you the thing for commanders today. I, I'm guessing this week they'll be slowly going, starting to go through the the commanders. So I'm thinking once they get through them, probably next week, week after, the pre-order would probably go live, and then end of the month would be about right for release. Yeah, see the book drop. But it could be a little bit later. I don't... don't, What do I know?
0: (laughs) We know nothing, Tom Snow. Not Tom Riddle? No. no, No. Damn. Yeah, I don't see it being a racist piece of shit. Okay. um, I mean, that's pretty much what Tom
1: Riddle was. Fair enough.
0: Anything else from you for this evenings podcast
1: oh well let's see When this goes up uh pixels will be announced and hopefully i'll have mine pre-ordered pre-ordering the pixel i i need my phones it's two years it's like i think it might be like a year and a half old at this point uh it's definitely you know it will be two year model difference so it's the battery is seen better days yeah (laughs) understandable uh especially because you can't replace your battery yeah can't replace my battery and i mean i i've I listened to podcasts and music all day long so it's not like my battery has been you know unused most days it goes i use it almost all day every day and, and i have to recharge away yeah i try not to let it die completely but still can only do so much
0: yeah and they, they say that's better to let it die completely
1: and then recharge but i've hardly ever done that it depends like some of the batteries yes and then other battery like i think smartphone batteries that might be the case but like i know some other batteries that's not the case I, I i don't know anymore they keep changing the fucking rules on me and i can't keep up with it
0: of course who needs to anyway well give us a like subscribe to us on youtube uh go find us on facebook give us a like there too and uh, you can always reach out to us on either of those platforms or email us at G33KS with issues
1: at gmail.com. You know, leaving us comments and uh, reviews on iTunes will help us reach other people so and help us get better and uh, help us get better. So please leave uh, a rate and a comment there. It'd be much appreciated. Yep. Until next time, I'm Sam, I'm Tom. Goodbye. Let's
0: go!